Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. And welcome to the Health Works Podcast. And yes, that's Works with an X. This podcast is about the importance of wellness and how everyone deserves access to affordable health care. We are here to tell you it's possible. And we have the solution. We are your host. I am Bridget Weisberg. And I am Dr. Deanna McCausham. And we want to encourage our listeners to be more aware of their individual health and let you know you have options. With Extension Health, our nonprofit wellness company, we let the people have access to a no-cost health program. So you can now be on your way to a lifestyle of healthy living. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, hello. And welcome to the Health Works Podcast. We are very excited to bring you our very first podcast because we want to try and help as many people as possible. That's right. We are your host. I am Bridget Weisberg. And I am Dr. Diana McCosham. So we all know the healthcare system has overpriced medical plans. I mean, how do they really expect low-income employees to be able to afford any form of healthcare? Well, lucky for us today, we have two very special guests joining us today to talk about how we can change and improve the healthcare system without charging people an arm and a leg. It is my great honor to introduce the masterminds behind this solution. Welcome to the table, Dr. John Zaboski and Sharon Rowell. Hello, I'm Dr. John Zaboski. And I'm Sharon Rowell. Hello to the both of you. And how's everybody doing today? Great. I'm doing great. It is so great to see you both, even though I practically see them every single day. (laughs) Um, So the people are aware these two lovely guests are actually our bosses. So for our very first podcast, which is very exciting, um, because we are here to talk about the main reason we created the podcast, and that is because of Worksite HR and Extension Health. Very exciting indeed, Bridget, because I actually believe this program can change a lot of people's lives and take that fear away that a good amount of people have when it comes to health. I mean, people are scared, I mean, to just get health coverage, because to be honest, with some of these prices out there, well, they simply can't afford it. And even if they do, they don't really know what plan they are enrolled in. I mean, when they start seeing those bills and when they start realizing that it's hard to find a doctor that will take that insurance that they've been paying for this whole time. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure everyone would feel a little more comfortable if they had at least some form of health care, especially if it's not costing them. Yeah, anything at all. Yeah, yeah. right. So let's jump. Yeah, let's jump right in it. I mean, great. So I'm going to start by asking the both of you, why did you guys decide to go into business together? Wow, I guess that mm-hmm. goes back uh, a long way. Yeah, decades. Uh, Sharon was actually a client of my staff leasing company back in the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's how we actually met. Yeah, I was in the mortgage business and you were in the staffing business. And you came to me for that was temps, a, right? Yeah, it was a, recep- like a few temps. Yeah, receptionist temp. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's something new to me too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good to know. Yeah, that's when we ended up uh, bridging our relationship together and building the several companies that we have in the past, present, and future. So I know it didn't start out as a company that offered a no-cost wellness program. 
Can you tell us why you started the company and how it evolved into what it is today? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it, it's not even that it started out as a wellness company, uh, truthfully. Um, when we first started Worksite HR, it was really in preparation for the ACA and, and Obamacare. Um, and we knew that, you know, companies were going to need, they were going to need a platform to be able to, you know, do the 1094s and the 1095s and so forth. Um, so that's really what it initially, how it initially started. It has basically been like a living, breathing organism and morphed several times to be where it is today. Yeah, because our major concern was administration of the ACA compliance. Right. And that's why we <clears throat> And it's still a concern today. Yeah. It's still a big part of what we do today. And we were helping lo actually large brokers help their clients that didn't have been admin systems. And so that's how we really got started. It had nothing to do with wellness. Guys, what has this journey been like, you know, to get where you are now? Did you guys encounter any obstacles as you created your business or maybe any type of hardships? Yeah, yes. I, I guess I think the biggest the biggest obstacle has always been the, the, the evolving legal system as far as, you know, the ACA and how that changed. I mean, first we had employee mandate and employer mandate. Well, then the employee mandate went away. Um, and and two, you, keeping up with all the laws and com compliance, because in the very beginning, they expected us to be ACA compliant, and there was really no documentation out there for or guidelines to go by. It was sort of, you know, by Braille. <laughs> and um, I, I guess that the first the first big challenge that we encountered definitely was the election, really, you know, because when you know, Hillary Clinton was running on the you know, she, she was pro-Obamacare and Trump was against it. Um, and I think one of the first, the first big changes was the repeal of the employee mandate. And everybody, you know, was looking at what we had, our, our plans, which were, you know, we're a third-party administrator. So the, the main offering that we were doing at the time, or that was the crux and core of our business, was, was a, it's called minimum essential care. Um, and that is the plan that includes it's it's exempted from the ACA as a self-funded plan. In other words, it doesn't have to meet all the 10 criteria of a qualified health plan in order to be able to be offered to employees in a company uh, in lieu of, you know, a bronze plan or, a, you know, a, any of the metal plans as they call them. Now, you still have to offer a metal plan, but if even when the employee mandate was in effect, if you opted out, of a, of a metal plan and you took the minimum essential care plan, it still met both, you know, both mandates, employee and employer. So the fact that employees had to have a medical plan was a big deal to us because they would typically opt for our cheaper plan than go for the bronze plan. But then when Trump repealed that, um, it was a huge obstacle and that's what we had to overcome. And the plan changed a bit after that, right? Or it changed considerably because now we had to try to give employees health care that they didn't have to have. You know, I mean, that was part of the whole that was part of the essential part of Obamacare was making employees buy into the healthcare system. All right. And now they didn't have to do that anymore. So 
what are you what are you going to do and it came down to either being able to offer employees no cost healthcare or basically seeing you know the volume of participants that we had in the plan dwindle away um, so that's when we really started taking a hard look at wellness and and I don't want to be a spoiler, but I mean, in one of the future podcasts that we do, uh, Dr. Makashman and I will be talking about an article uh, that we wrote called The Wellness Imperative. But really, it is the whole concept of wellness that made what we do now possible because we joined wellness with minimum essential care to be able to create this great product that we could offer to clients at no cost. Yeah. In addition to, it's a lot of education to the employees and letting them know how important wellness is to stay healthy. So we would rather them, you know, continue and learn about how to stay well than to have to deal with chronic conditions that were created from not you know, be, staying well and doing wellness, and then also helping the employees that have chronic conditions manage their chronic conditions. And that's been a really um, uh, goal of ours to help the employees. And we've got a lot of um, buy-in from the employees because of this. So jumping in there a little bit, John, you mentioned that one of your biggest hardships was with when, you know, the elections came around. Are you afraid or are you concerned or um, are you guys looking, you know, maybe in the future you might have obstacles now that elections are around? Not not so much anymore. I mean, it's, you know, free is kind of irresistible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and, and not only is it free, remember, but this is part of a cafeteria plan. This is a section 125 plan. So the employer still gets the same tax benefit on this plan as they would on a major medical. Um, so, you know, Obamacare or no Obamacare, um, it's our, our program is here to stay. That's great. Yes. And with our partnership um, of Wellness Works, it's helped us. Uh, there are nonprofit and it's helped us to be able to offer the coverage at no cost. So is there anything you wish you knew in the beginning that you know now that wow. would have changed something? I, you know, I think it sort of evolved. And I mean, if it weren't for each thing that happened, you know, with them repealing the um, employee mandate, we wouldn't have been able to get to where we are now because we would have been focused on something else. And so I think this has been just really an evolution that's helped us. Yeah, it has been. I mean, we've, you know, we've reacted to, to the changes in the law, changes in administration and so forth. You know, what's interesting is that, I mean, I look back on how we got to where we are. And so you ask the question, if there's anything I, I wish I had known before. Well, there is in a way, because... We could have done what we're doing now when we first started because there's nothing, there's, there's no legal change or administrative change now that is affecting us that could have or would have affected us five years ago because we created a plan simply based on a, a section 125, a, a section 125 and 
what we thought people could afford, right? Which in this case is nothing. All right. So, and it's, and what's interesting, and, and this is what kind of as a, as an entrepreneur and really, I mean, really not even so much as an entrepreneur, but as, as a human gets me is that what we do, in other words, providing no cost healthcare, basic healthcare could be done by any other carrier out there. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have thought that they could get a, a medical plan with no, at no cost. I think it's unheard of to most people. People probably don't even believe it half the time. Exactly. Because the plans they have currently, they're paying a lot of money for, and they're not even getting what we're offering. I mean, some people have plans that have a $3,000 deductible before it pays anything, and they're paying five to $600 a month for it. So that's where no cost can't compare. Wow. Well, it seems like um, you guys pretty much achieved or have achieved a lot of the things that you set um, your mind to with this company. But if not, what's the most important achievement you hope the company will accomplish? Wow. Um, you know, I've got some lofty goals uh, for the company, and and I don't mean that financially. I think that one of the things I would like to see us be able to offer in the future um, is a form of hospitalization. And I think that if we could actually succeed in doing that, um, then, I mean, that would be something not only to be proud of, but that would be something that would be basically, you know, world changing. Definitely. You're already changing the game with this. Yeah. That would be changing that game to a whole nother level. Right. And in my, in my thoughts and goals, I've wanted just to maybe add first before the hospitalization piece, a um, labs and imaging piece that we're, you know, and a prescription piece where we can, you know, actually either offer a contracted very low cost that's affordable, like down to a copay cost um, for the labs imaging and um, a lot of the healthcare other than hospitalization. Because as we know, hospitalization is the most expensive part of healthcare and dealing with chronic conditions or like cancer and stuff like that. So if we can, you know, actually offer the labs, the imaging and everything to do with healthcare, um, except hospitalization, then that would be an awesome, you know, awesome product. So that's what we're, I know we are working on right now, contracts with, you know, large providers, of these services so we can include them in the plan and maybe whether it be from uh, financial assistance grants or something like that, bring it into our uh, nonprofit. Yeah. So you guys really seem to be um, on the right track to things. Um, I mean, right now, just with uh, the wellness and um, and everything that's offered now, just starting by the preventive part, I think we're doing a great job because that's where it actually starts. That's where we start reducing costs because just by doing screening, you know, we actually prevent um, those hospital visits and those hospitalization costs. But if we can actually, you know, include that later on to those patients that maybe, you know, kind of like 
we didn't have that chance to maybe screen for one uh, reason or another, if we can actually help those patients out, then we pretty much got, you know, everything that probably a lot of us would actually want, you know, and with healthcare and that it's not going to cost us, as Bridget said, an arm and a leg. Exactly. So how is the company making an impact on the work industry today? Wow. I think, you know, first and foremost, it's providing people access to healthcare that wouldn't have it. Uh, We deal with industries. We deal with the ag industry. Uh, We deal with the staffing industry, restaurants, so forth. Yeah. Hospitality. I mean, we're these people that they're, you know, even with Obamacare, even with the fact that a typical minimum wage employee only has to contribute $130 a month to their healthcare. Most of them can't afford that. They, they can't afford to contribute $130 a month. And then if they have to provide health care for their family, it's going to double or triple because remember, the and employer is not required to contribute there. So, and, it's, and two, it's put a strain on the employers because instead of having a three or $400 subsidy that they have to subsidize that extra payment on the hospitalization and even the bronze plan, there, there's some of them that are having to subsidize five, six, and seven hundred dollars a month for just a basic plan with a three thousand dollar deductible, and that's just ridiculous and it's unaffordable. And you want to talk about the employer contribution? Yeah, right. yeah. And the employers yeah. can't afford it, so they're you know our plan at least is giving health care at no cost and enabling the employer to offer it to their whole workforce, not just their, you know, workers working over 30 hours. Right. Yeah. This is something that's available. I mean, um, Deanna, they can come all the way down to sometimes 20 hours a week. Or um, less. And, and, Some or, of the ones right. that they're making over a be, weekly, be eligible for the plan. Uh, $201.92, then they can that's a, that's come on our plan. Right? Yeah, about two, yeah, 200, 200 bucks a month or roughly. Yeah. Or 200 bucks a week. A week. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So come on, guys, let's get real. And I want I don't want you to hold back on this. I want to know how you guys really feel about the medical and insurance industry I now, knew, like today. I knew you were going to ask that. You're going to get me into trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'll, no, I'll, do I'll, it reality. <clears throat> I currently is- have insurance that costs. The full premium is close to a thousand bucks a month. And I'm 56 years old. I have not once this year used my insurance and it still costs a thousand dollars a month premium. That tells it right there. So, you know, how, how do I feel about the medical and insurance industry? Well, you know, I was, I, I was responding to a question a little while ago about that, you know, any insurance company that's out there today, they, they have had the opportunity to do what we're doing. Okay. And they want, yes, you know, yes, it takes, you know, some thought. Okay. But still these insurance companies that are out there, their, their rates of return are definitely sufficient to be able to give something back in the form of a subsidy to the participants of the program even if they didn't give the whole thing they could they could have made it affordable they could have done that but they they have not 
Okay. And, you know, there's obviously, you know, this is a capitalistic country. Okay. And companies exist to make money. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's, there's still social responsibility that is required. I mean, even Adam Smith, who people say he's the father of capitalism, believe me, I did my PhD on him. He's not the father of capitalism, but even Adam Smith, who wrote the wealth of nations made it very, very clear that you've got to take care of your sick and your elderly and your young. Doesn't matter whether you're cap, you're capitalistic, socialist, you'd be hunting and gathering stage. You'd still have to take care of your sick and your old and your young. All right. So I guess that was a, a longer winded way of explaining how I feel about the insurance industry. But the insurance Sharon- industry is not even taking care of us because what's happening is yes, I have a thousand dollar a month policy. I can't, it's a PPO policy that I can't even go to a specialist directly, although they say I can. But now, because of all how the industries evolved, the providers won't accept me directly. They make me go through a primary care physician, which you're spending more money and time, and then you get forwarded on to the next specialist. And if they can't, you know, help you with your needs, then you have to go to the next. Nobody has a plan. Nobody helps you plan. You have to take control of your own, uh, you know, wellness and your own health. Because if you don't, nobody else will. Yeah, your own care planning, basically, your 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 own care planner. Yeah, and that's hard with people that, barely understand how to go and find a doctor. You know, our call center um, specialists help these employees find a doctor and find solutions that can help them, even if they're not offered under our wellness plan. I mean, we have our telemedicine plan that they can use for their whole family. And, you know, there's the RX plan. If you want to go through Costco, you can get wholesale uh, prescriptions, but most people don't know that. But we do have caring um, reps that can help them and cancel them through it. And they're, you know, the employees. Advocates. Right. Well, we have we have coaches and doctors like Deanna exactly. that start with the preventative care and create individualized and group wellness programs. Um, and that's where it all has to start because that's that, that's the whole point. You know, as I mentioned to to Sharon, you you have to be your own care planner. But with a program like ours, where you've got the coaches and so forth that help you start at the preventative level, you've got you know, you've got a much better you've got a much better or a higher percentage of of being healthy than than otherwise. Yes, and if we continue to get this in large employers, then we'll be able to help these employees take control of their own health, and they'll be able to help you know make a plan with our coaches. And then they can follow up with their doctors. That's right. And I think one of the good things about, um, you know, our program is that we also create awareness. Exactly. You know, because a lot of people don't know, um, you know, like, hey, uh, well, yeah, smoking is bad, but why is it bad? You know, why does it, um, 
why do people tell me to stop smoking? Why do people tell me to exercise? We need to let patients know because a lot of patients don't know these reasons. You know, they don't know why they should be doing this. So we need to explain to them. And sometimes also one of the things that we uh, encounter is that language barrier. So we need to come to their level and explain it to them so that they know and they understand exactly what's going on. Because if you don't know what's going on, you're not going to act on it. So I think that's also very important. That's a great point. So why do you think this type of program is not being carried out in more companies? I mean, I'm pretty sure these employees have no idea about this program. Well, there's not a lot of programs. There's not any programs out there like ours. I think we're the only one still. Um, And when you say not being carried out in more companies, you're talking about like the end users, like the companies, not, not, not carriers doing it companies implementing it. I There's think, nobody that I, I know doing <clears throat> it on with a non-prof. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just right now, you know, we're just really starting to make inroads and generate more awareness. You know, I mean, we are, you know, we are nationwide. However, at this point, there's only one of us. Um, and you know, that's great. I mean, I, you know, we can be one of us and that's great, but we don't need to, in order for us to be successful, we don't have to be the only one. Um, exactly. So there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of room for other companies to get in this. Um, and that start. would be great. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think they will? You know what, Bridget? I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like a no brainer. Um, yeah. I mean, as a, like as being in the medical field myself, I'm like, why not? I mean, it's, don't we talk about, you know, making healthy people, you know, not only, not only just um, because we're worried about health, just because um, industry wise, like we want healthy workers. We want a healthy workforce. I mean, even if we think about all that, you know, so why not help people be healthy? And exactly. that's our goal is to help people be healthy. So talking about, you know, being healthy, John and Sharon, is this, a type of program that's actually available for all companies? I mean, is there a minimum number of employees that a company needs to have, you know, because they're small companies, big companies, you know, what do you guys have to offer? Like, is this available for everybody? You know, it's it's great. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to say that it is available for all, all size companies now. It was not up until about two months ago um, because the minimum essential care plans that are done by a third-party administrator, such as Worksite HR, are self-funded, okay? And in order for a company to be eligible to have a self-funded plan, they have to have 50 or more employees, okay? Um, so up until about six or eight weeks ago, we were really limited to being able to offer our, our medical solution to companies of 50 or more employees. Um, but in that time period, um, I kind of, went back to my roots a little bit and we started HR Access, uh, which is a professional employer organization. Um, and ER. what, what we're ER. able to actually do is we're actually able to group together lots of small businesses under 50 employees and provide the same program uh, for them. So, you know, now we can provide it for you know pretty much any size any size company that's out there. Yeah, so bottom line is like any company can have this. So taking that into account, I want you to tell our listeners even if you're an employer or an employee, what do these companies need to do to start making changes and get enrolled in a program like this? Call us. Yeah. <laughs> Just 
call us, visit our website, sign up. It's really simple. 877-479-3591. If I can do a little plug there. All right. So what is that again? 877-479-3591. Worksite HR. There you go, guys. So now everybody has it. Everybody knows that you have a chance to have, you know, basically no cost insurance. But I would say too, to employees out there, if you're if your company is not using our program yet, if they've not implemented our program program yet, just go to your employer and say, hey, I want to tell you about this program. It's not going to cost you anything. In fact, it's going to save the employer about $30 a month per participant because it's a Section 125 plan. Um, and let your employer, your HR, your benefits administrator know that something like this actually exists. And you want to know what's crazy, people? It doesn't hurt to just get information. You don't have to take anything, but try to make that change in your life. Exactly. So let's just end on a little lighter note, some personal (laughs) question. Uh, Do you guys have any hobbies? What do you guys do to stay fit and healthy? Well, I I guess um, I have a couple. I at the gym a lot and I golf probably even more. Yes, a lot more. <laughs> what about you, Sharon? I spend a lot of my time researching um, about different programs for Extent in Health and Worksite HR because that's really exciting to me, ways we can help people. And, um, and she's a hit trainer. She could like <sighs> kick my butt sprinting. No, I... Yes, Really? Yeah, just in the in the mornings, I usually do three hit train and oh, make wow. sure I eat right and spend a lot of time with my uh, grandchild uh, Leo and now my new little one Scarlet, and they're the lights of my life along with John <laughs> and uh, but and our son AJ can't forget him. So the kids keep you active and going all the time, burns off those calories. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and eating right has a lot to do with that. And um, just, I, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for um, just starting something, you know, creating that energy level. Um, so even if it's just going for a walk or something like that, you know, people have got to get out there and it's inertia, you know, just to get it going, you know, do something. Even it's just stretching. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I tell my patients. You know, you have to start somewhere. Even if it's just walking five minutes a day, you can start five minutes a day, you know, during a week, then increase that to 10 minutes and so on. But you have to start somewhere. You know, it seems like you guys are not only doing something, you know, for the people, but you're also, you know, giving us an example of, you know, where to start too. And well, I know, Sharon, you mentioned that your family is very important to you. Is there something else that it's, or what would you consider that is the most important thing, you know, for you? Same for John. Jeez. I mean, definitely, definitely family. I mean. Family and a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Spending time, quality time, sort of like we were at the golf course yesterday and I was sitting down watching John and he said, uh, there was somebody beside us and said, wow, I was the only woman out there sitting watching all the men uh, um, practice on the, what was it, the practice range? range. Yeah, practice range. And uh, John piped up and said, 
Yeah, I said, we spend a lot of quality time together. And John's like, yeah, this is our quality time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was funny uh, when he said it. Uh, but no, we, we do spend a lot of family time and try to plan things weekly um, to spend with our family and make sure we go back and see our family and uh, take care of our health uh, and wellness. Right. Because um, remember, guys, not only physical health is important, but also emotional and mental health is also exactly. very important. Exactly. So do you uh, get out there and hit those balls as well? Of course. Awesome. Not as far as John, you know, mine may only go a hundred <laughs> yards, but 120 maybe. Yeah. I think she's got her driver up. So like, I think yeah, you're like 150 yards. And I yeah. tell her the women start like 40 yards ahead of us anyway. So, yeah. you know. So we got some golfers up in here. <laughs> I only can hit the driver. That's <laughs> she's got, she's got to work her way up to the, the irons. <laughs> I have the putter and the driver. Well, Sharon, at least you can hit something because sometimes I even try and I don't hit anything, sad to say, <laughs> but at least you're hitting that. <laughs> I, I make more I make more holes in the ground than I do <laughs> hitting the ball, so I can't really say much. I'm learning. So on uh, after golf, do you guys have any favorite sports teams? Uh, Capitals. Absolutely. <laughs> Capitals all the way. Let's go, go Caps. Caps. <laughs> Well, I'm a Kings fan myself. <laughs> I'm from I'm from uh, the DC area originally, so I'm Caps, Redskins, and and Orioles. Because see, back when I was growing up, there was no there was no Washington baseball team, and there was no Baltimore football team. So, in fact, Baltimore. Uh, I actually I actually just bought the uh, kids uh, a baseball cap on it, which is a real vintage baseball cap. And if, any of you listeners are from the DC metro area, you'll remember this. But back in the 80s and 90s, before there was a Ravens team, there was a vintage baseball cap that had a picture of the bird on it, like the Orioles bird, but it had feathers coming out of it. It had Redskins feathers coming out of its head rather than simple Oriole feathers. And it was a commemorative, uh, commemorative hat done um, for the Redskins and the Orioles bridging the communities of DC and Baltimore together. So it, it was it was actually really cool growing up because the two cities, even though they're thirty miles apart, were were pretty unified by stuff like that. That's cool. So, that's cool. Well, that's what we want to do is bridge the community. There you go. <laughs> and bridge the employers with health and wellness. Right. Taking it back into a circle. All right, so guys, if there's one message that you just wanted to put out there, you know, through this podcast, what would that be? Wow. Um, I think that for people to know that for the first time in U.S. history, at least, um, you have the opportunity to get free health care um, and not only get free health care, but be able to use that um, as a tool to to wellness, to be healthy, to accomplish those goals of the wellness imperative, which we will talk about in the next show. That's great. I mean, there you have it, guys. And well, I want to take the time to thank you both for taking the time to sit down with us. It thank has you. been thank you. Thank you. It has been an amazing program you both have developed. And I mean, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I hope more people will become aware of the medical options they have. So 
tune back in next week where we will once again have Dr. John Zaboski on the podcast and we will take you more into the history of the medical industry and how we got here today. So thank you so much and talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, guys. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.